0: We are now at a crucial point regarding how the COVID-19 virus is going to affect all of us, but governments across Virginia appear to be working to provide answers when they can. This podcast is about trying to bring you some of them and asking questions of our own. We will get through this, but everyone must use good
1: sense and good judgment.
2: People must stay home. I cannot say that enough. You have to stay home. You must stay home.
1: Everyone has a role to help mitigate the spread Of this disease. It is critical that we all think not of ourselves at this time, but of others.
0: I'm Sean Tubbs, and this is the third in a series of podcasts that I'm producing to help document this fluid situation as we begin to realize the totality of what shutting down restaurants and other businesses, schools, and universities will mean for the economy of a place like Charlottesville. I personally am staying at home to help prevent spreading a virus that may or may not be on me and in me already. As I record this installment, the script is already somewhat out of date. The audio here is from March 17, 2020, and I'm recording this on the morning of March 18th, waiting for more information. I didn't get to everything I wanted in this installment, but there's going to be time. Just before noon on March 17th, Virginians got an update from Governor Ralph Northam, who urged everyone to continue taking this crisis seriously.
1: As of today, Virginia has 67 cases, and unfortunately two deaths. Our strategy must focus on mitigating and slowing down the spread of this virus
0: so that our medical system has more time to prepare for the increased pressure that this will put on it. Northam announced further restrictions, such as a recommendation that restaurants have no more than 10 people in them at once. The idea is to flatten the curve, a phrase that has become commonplace so quickly, as has social distancing what other terms might we know in the weeks ahead? We can worry about that later. Governor Northam is right on in what he's about to say. Every
1: single one of us has a personal responsibility in this situation. Every one of us has a role in being part of the solution. For example, that means do not go to St. Patrick's Day parties tonight. If you do, you are
0: literally Putting others at risk. Holding government meetings in public is also considered a risk, and the Centers for Disease Control has issued guidelines that state that no more than 10 people should be gathering in one place at the same time. The idea is to limit the number of contacts that could lead to additional cases that have to be tracked by epidemiologists. Northam also said that Virginia is now asking people over the age of 65 to self-quarantine because mortality rates are higher in that demographic.
1: Our state agencies, our food banks, faith-based groups, and other nutrition-based organizations are working hard to coordinate food services. This may look different in different communities, but everyone who needs food assistance will be able to get it.
0: Northam acknowledged that this will affect many businesses who will close or reduce their capacity. It's early days still, but the planning process for relief has begun. Because Virginia
1: and the federal government have declared states of emergency, unemployment funds are available through the Virginia Employment Commission to help mitigate the impact on employees of these businesses as well as on the businesses themselves.
0: For instance, that means a waiver of a one-week period before affected people can begin to collect benefits. Already, we're starting to see a lot of announcements suspending evictions, utility payments and more. Let's keep track of the news and pay attention to how we can all help each other. Virginia had 67 confirmed cases of COVID-19 as of noon on March 17th. That was based on only about 1,000 people being tested. There is a lot of concern that the number of people being tested so far and tests processed so far is low. Here's Norm Oliver, the Virginia Health Commissioner, and person in charge of the state's pandemic response. And we are expecting results on about
3: 48 other tests that are pending in our state lab right now. And there are tests that have been taken and are being run by LabCorp, Quest, and other private laboratories. So that number will increase.
0: Oliver said that something that is worth noting is the chance that those numbers could go higher because new cases have no connection to any other known source of contact. He then brings up another new phrase we'll be sure to hear a lot more soon.
3: We have now begun to observe cases with no known exposure to a case, which is what we would classify as community transmission or community spread. So the likelihood of community spread is is definitely there
0: so far only one case has been reported in the Charlottesville area as announced on Monday March 16th that number could change we won't have any new information until later today but I would caution that one day those numbers could go up quickly as soon as the testing procedures become more common in other words while the numbers aren't increasing rapidly yet the threat is very real
3: I don't want you to think that you're just gonna get a cold okay this is a serious serious uh, pandemic and social distancing is therefore something that we all uh, should do and take uh, seriously for ourselves for our loved ones and for the entire uh, community
0: so let's say that this does hit really hard and that hospitals are overwhelmed are they ready here's daniel carey virginia's secretary of health and human resources
1: we are working together the uh, unified command in support of the governor uh, with the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association to understand exactly how many beds we can uh, push into service. There are Most hospital footprints have uh, rooms that, were, uh, that they don't actually operate, the number of licensed beds, for example, and obviously the need will, will drive uh, uh, waivers on licensure and making sure we have the high standards, but understand treating patients is our most important priority.
0: Kerry said that the National Guard could be invoked to help with that matter. We'll have to get more details on all of this as it goes forward. These are the things that you as the public need to be thinking about as this pandemic continues. Things are going to change every day. On March 17th, the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors held their first meeting in the COVID-19 era, with most of the seats in Lane Auditorium covered with trash bags to prevent people from sitting in them. Supervisors took action to officially adopt County Executive Jeff Richardson's declaration of a local emergency, which grants the locality certain flexibility. They also addressed the issue of whether they could extend deadlines for tax payment. Here's an exchange that begins with Supervisor Donna Price that illustrates just how much is not known yet.
1: And I've seen that utilities in the state now have basically been directed not to terminate services um for utilities during this time period and i expect um that the county staff will recognize um the same sort of situation if anyone were to be late on a filing and give as much latitude as possible for individuals so they're not penalized by missing a deadline that has been changed um and and i'm just confident the county will do
3: that
2: where we have authority that's been the problem no i understand
3: yeah. We're, we're getting some questions from some departments uh, looking at the things that uh, the county executive can do as director of emergency management administratively. There are some things that would require an ordinance change or we just can't do at this point. Um, also, paying attention to any uh, executive orders that might be coming from the governor's office that will change things. And the... Uh, request for the formal opinion from the Attorney General will also, uh, depending on how that is answered, uh, provide some additional clarity uh, to what we, uh, the Board, can and can't do as far as uh, adjusting for this current situation.
0: That last speaker is Greg Kampner, the County Attorney. This is just the beginning, and later in the meeting, Supervise discuss setting aside emergency funds, something that could affect the rest of the budget process for fiscal year 2021. I'll get to that in the next episode. Right now, it's more important to hear about the health issues, and let's hear from Dr. Denise Bonds, the director of the Thomas Jefferson Health District. Um,
2: so thank you for having me today. I'm delighted to see the plastic bags on the chairs and the so few people, keeping with Both the president's and the governor's request to keep our meeting size down. So
0: thank you. Bonds told the supervisors much of the same information that Governor Northam had told the public earlier that day. I want to leave one discussion in here intact about social distancing to remind you why you need to keep distance for now. America has been through this before, back in 1918 with the Spanish flu pandemic, and Dr. Bonds brought in a slide to demonstrate how quick action on social distancing can work.
2: I just brought this one slide, uh, and I'll walk you through it, and uh, this is from the Washington Post, but um, they, they shamelessly stole it from this research article that was published in 2007 um, that looked at the impact of non-pharmacal interventions on the 1918 flu death. Um, and what you see are two curves, one for Philadelphia and one for St. Louis. And the first dot on each of those curves indicates when the first case of the Spanish flu was detected in that particular city. Uh, So you can see in Philadelphia it was detected in early September. Um, And then the second dot on the curve line is when they put into effect um, many social distancing. Things like closing theaters, um, closing churches, uh, asking people to stay home, closing restaurants and bars all of the things that we're doing right now. And you can see that Philadelphia waited about two weeks before they implemented their social distancing, and they had a huge spike in the number of cases of the um, 1918 flu. St. Louis, on the other hand, had their first case to October 5th, and two days later, they had locked that city down. Mm -hmm. And what you see is a dramatically different curve here. And so I have these posted all over the health department now, because the motto is, be like St. Louis.
0: Will it work? We don't know yet, just like we don't know a lot of things yet. What's important is to pay attention and figure out how each of us can help others around us. Supervisors had a lot of questions about tests.
1: Um, Is what is the criteria right now in this area for getting the test? What I'm hearing is that they're, you know, been traveling, have a fever, have a cough, have symptoms, but they're told unless they have had contact with an individual that's tested positive, they can't get pos- tested. So could you just explain sure. the current? It might change tomorrow or the next
2: day. Right. But- so, so it has changed, like, most days. Okay. Um, we have very limited numbers of tests. So... Testing is the biggest bottleneck. That, that we, we have not solved the testing problem, and we keep running up into shortages. Um, this week it was a call for anybody have swabs to do the test because they were running out of swabs um, to, to do this. Um, and y- you have to remember that our supply chain is global, and we get many of the things that we need from overseas, and some places are also having their own outbreak, and so obviously it's taking a while to catch up to that. And so I know people are frustrated and I know they're anxious and I know they're scared. Um, And our best advice is that if you feel like you have traveled or been to a high exposure area, to just stay home. Just do that 14 days of isolation. If you begin to have symptoms, contact your doctor. People should be tested for the flu because it is still flu season, um, despite how lovely and warm it is outside because uh, we want to make sure it's not somebody just, just who has a case of the flu. That would also require them to stay home. Uh, and then there is um, a number of other respiratory pathogens that individuals can get, uh, and that's there is a panel that um, physicians can do called an RVP, respiratory viral, viral panel, and we would ask that they do that as well. And then if both of those are negative, then um, if people are symptomatic, uh, we can certainly discuss whether it would be appropriate for the state to test them or whether they want to use one of their own testing.
0: Bond said another issue is that many medical professionals do not have protective gear, appropriate masks and face shields. Supervisor Ann Malik said people should be patient and wait before rushing out to get a test.
2: People want a test so that they know if they have to change their life or not. People and have to change their life now. We have to make them forget about that and say everybody, no matter whether you're 2 or 102, has got to take this seriously because if people don't, no matter how many tests you get, it's not going to make any difference. So you so, bring, bring up a really great point. Um, a negative test does not mean that you will never get this disease. even you didn't have it today, right? It just means that at the moment that you were tested, yeah. you didn't have a burden big enough to be picked up by that particular test. Could be that you've been exposed and just haven't ramped up enough to, um, so it also doesn't mean that you don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. You you must, people must stay home. I cannot say that enough. You have to stay home. You must stay home. I don't, even if you've had a negative test, that doesn't mean that you won't be exposed to someone else who is not positive. And the only way we are gonna keep from overburdening our hospitals And ending up in a situation where we have to decide who gets that ventilator is if we flatten the curve so it looks like the blue curve right there. Mm -hmm. And that means staying home.
0: Stay tuned. Information is going to change rapidly, and I'll try my best to get it to you. Hang in there. That's it for this installment. There'll be a second one later today or early tomorrow morning with an update as the sound I'm working on now is out of date and it's time to begin collecting more. I'm Sean Tubbs, and thanks for listening.